So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to Trending. Happy Friday, everyone. Can you believe it actually is Friday? It's always joy when you suddenly discover as the week goes on, it's Friday. The work week is over. I hope you are enjoying your drive home. Maybe it was a short day or maybe you're still working from home. I'd be curious to see a statistic saying how many people are working from home still. I know some people who are working from home indefinitely because of COVID, but hey, that's probably a lot better than having to wear a mask all the time, just saying, or being Lysoled 10 times a day in hand sanitizing. Man, these poor kids who grow up during COVID, they're going to be the biggest germ freaks ever. I mean, ever. They are going to be such germ freaks when they grow up. I'm just saying. And I know someone's going to say, I can't believe you're calling a child a germ freak. But I'm just saying. We're going to be terrified of germs because we are so wrapped up in COVID right now. I mean, literally, my husband was going to buy a set of weights the other day because, you know, everyone has to have their in-house gym now. And he goes and before he was allowed to touch the weights, the man didn't hand him hand sanitizer. The man literally Lysol the heck out of his hands. (laughs) Now, I'm one of those people that's not a big fan of a lot of chemicals. I was like cringing when he told me, but I digress. I'm saying this is just what's going to be a problem for years to come with regard to our attitude surrounding germs. Some people are even calling for masks during every cold and flu season. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm just saying as a pregnant lady now, I just have to say, It's a lot of pressure having to wear these masks. And I'm going to be getting into my fertility journey a little bit here on the show. We shared yesterday the news that my husband and I are having a baby. We're very excited, but it's also come with a lot of challenges along the way. And so over the next couple weeks, I really look forward to sharing part of my journey with you because there is so much hope and opportunity for assistance through this journey. I think so many people battle infertility, miscarriage, even delayed fertility, and making these decisions on their own, and it's not something we talk enough about. So stay tuned, we'll be talking about that. We'll also be joined by my guest, Sue Ellen Browder. She's the author of Subverted, how she helped the feminist movement hijack the women's movement. She's also author of the new book, Sex and the Catholic Feminist, and we're going to be talking about how we can make a change in changing the narrative and the story of women and what they hear. We'll also dive into the history of the women's movement because she was there in a front row seat to see what happened. Also, this Sunday is the Feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as that great philosopher, St. Edith Stein. Now, this saint is near and dear to my heart. If you've ever done an endow program for women, you may have read some of her writings. But she is an incredible philosopher, former atheist, agnostic, Jew, turned Catholic, and Catholic nun, to say the least. So there are tons of insights that we'll be walking through both today and on Monday about her life. Before we go there, I'd like to jump on a quick pop take, and that is that Justin Bieber, 
right? The singer, Justin Bieber, and his wife, the model, Haley Baldwin, were baptized this week. They shared photos on social media. And I have to tell you, we've been talking a lot about the Biebers here on the show. They're riveting to listen to because they do two things that no one talks about. They're upfront and honest about their marriage and their sexual pasts. And they're talking about faith about their faith in God, in God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is incredible because so many young eyes are on the Biebers. They're paying attention to every single thing they do. I'm not saying the Biebers are perfect, but what they are doing is having a conversation that even you and I can be uncomfortable bringing to the forefront, even with our peers, even with people who believe in God as well. And we need more transparency with the honesty and the struggles of marriage. And we need more conversation about our Lord Jesus Christ. So it was neat to see from Justin Bieber how he talks about one of the most special moments of his life that he shared with his wife in, quote, confessing our love and trust in Jesus publicly with our friends and family. Now, Justin Bieber has been pretty vocal about his faith. In fact, in past interviews, he's commented about his past prior to coming back into his Christian faith because this kid was a kid who even as a young pop artist in his teens, even then would bring up Jesus and even bring up being pro-life and talking about how abortion was wrong. There's been something special about this kid. I think someone's been praying for him. We need to continue to pray for the Biebers because here's one of the comments he made in an interview. He said, following Jesus is actually turning away from sin. Then he goes on to say how it talks about in the Bible. There's no faith without obedience. Here's a 26-year-old pop sensation singer who is saying that Jesus calls us to turn away from sin, actually turn away from sin, and that we cannot have faith without obedience, obedience to God's will, transforming our lives. I think that this is part of the reason why the Biebers are so compelled to share about their faith in marriage publicly. And it's a reminder for us to have this fervor. We need to continue to pray for the ongoing conversion and transformation of this young couple. Because if this is where they're starting at the beginning of their marriage with their faith and marriage being so open and honest, just imagine the influence they can have in the years to come. But also the influence we ourselves can have in sharing our own stories. A little heads up here, today is the beginning. If you would like to pray the Novena, the Assumption to the Blessed Virgin Mary, leading up to her Assumption feast day coming up on the 15th. The Novena begins today. I've gone ahead and posted that on Twitter and Facebook. So go check it out. Start the Novena if you'd like to pray to Our Lady, especially for a particular intercession, or just as a way to continue to develop your prayer life and devotion to Mother. Mother Mary. Again, that's up on my Twitter. You can follow me by heading over to relevantradio.com forward slash trending to connect on social media. So I want to talk about a little bit of my journey over the last couple of years. I shared on social media and then yesterday on the show that my husband and I are having our true miracle baby coming Advent 2020. We are so excited and blessed. 
And I know I haven't shared a ton over the years about kind of my own health struggles, uh, but I'd like to share a little bit about how this has played into my fertility journey because I know that this is a story of so many others. But I have to preface this conversation in sharing about the autoimmune diseases I've had and what we've faced by first saying I have also had a tremendous amount of peace all along, even before I got married, when I knew that fertility could be a challenge as we had kind of no clear diagnoses for years and I was really sick, there was never this fear or anxiety about actually being able to have children. There was a tremendous amount of peace for me and I really believe it was a fruit of prayer. And I believe this is also the case because the greatest stories of salvation history center around miraculous pregnancies. We can look to so many stories of the Old Testament. Jacob's wife, Hannah, right, in 1 Samuel. We read of Elizabeth in the New Testament. Even the Blessed Virgin Mary, a miraculous conception. Women who were considered barren, who couldn't have children. This is a story of our salvation history and a reminder as to why it's so important to pick up our Bibles and be inspired and receive great solace by the truth and honesty of the stories of Scripture. Because there also are stories as well. So a little background in terms of kind of what we've experienced. So I've struggled with everything from skin allergies to food allergies growing up, all the way up to the point of having over 30 different food allergies, being very limited in terms of what I could eat. Um, and little did I know as time would go on, I ended up being diagnosed with uh, one of the things was Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid disease, which can kind of trigger this immune response in your body where your body kind of starts your immune system starts attacking itself and can attack the thyroid. And so we figured out as years went on that the certain foods that I was eating, if I was eating them, they were actually triggering my immune system to attack itself. And so all of this actually relates to fertility. So we discovered what not long after getting married that I actually had finally a diagnosis of Hashimoto's disease, but then I also found out that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, Hashimoto's makes it difficult to get pregnant, and then it also makes it difficult to carry a baby to term. There's a high risk of a miscarriage, especially in those first few months, because your, ba your body can attack the baby because of the autoimmune reaction. Now, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, there's a lot to it, but it can also kind of make it so that your body doesn't always ovulate, make it possible to conceive a baby. And so many people with these diseases, as well as things such as endometriosis and others, find themselves struggling to conceive or carry a baby to term. Just a couple of stories and people that come to mind are singer and actor and dancer Julianne Huff. Even the story of Anderson Cooper choosing to go with a surrogate and conceive via in vitro fertilization and the Perkins fertility journey that has been quite a sensation on YouTube telling the story of in vitro fertilization where the wife of the Perkins couple ended up finding out she too had a pretty serious autoimmune disease. Now, it's not easy after getting married in the Catholic world when people tend to put a lot of pressure uh, with the topic of having children. And don't get me wrong, my husband and I were so excited when our Lord blessed us to have a child, but we also knew that it was likely going to be a challenge as well. 
And, you know, I can't tell you the number of lovely old Catholic ladies walking up to me at church or in the pro-life movement who would just come and rub my belly and ask if there was a baby on the way yet, or other women at church who would give me statues to put next to my bed because these statues of saints were really helpful for fertility. (laughs) I mean, the stories and the um, excitement and joy and ideas from other people were always very sweet, and I didn't always share a ton about what was going on. I just said thank you, and I'd always say, you know, whenever God blesses us, we're totally open to life, because I didn't want people to think that we were trying to delay having children. And, you know, I think that that was something really important in this day and age. And I also had to recognize it's not my timing, and I had to find a way to maintain peace and hope as people would say stuff over and over again. Now, I'm very blessed there was never any pressure or comments coming from my parents, but other family members would always kind of act like something was wrong with me and put pressure, you know, when you finally have a baby, when you finally have a baby. And people just don't always know how to be sensitive when fertility is a challenge. And so if this is part of your journey, I want you to know you're not alone. I get it when it's difficult to remain peaceful and hopeful and even joyful when there are a lot of reminders around you with regard to having children in your own challenges. But that anxiety and fear and disruption can be another challenge in just remaining peaceful and allowing the stress to not be present to help you conceive as time goes on. So I really recommend keeping that in mind. Now, as I look to my story, there are two dimensions that I really want to emphasize. One where it includes a little bit of science, and I would also say a great miracle. You see, I see so many women who have compromised their health and even the life of their children through in vitro fertilization. Many women are told that this is the only solution to conceive a child if you've had the slightest difficulty. And my heart breaks because there's so much that goes into this entire conversation. And I'll talk about this more as the weeks go on, because in the secular world, I would come across a lot of women who would say, um, who would end up sharing their struggle with fertility. And I'd share just a little bit of mine, trying to share a message of hope um, and also the perspective of NAPRO technology and fertility care practitioners, if you've not heard of them. And I would always be amazed because the response would always be, well, just use IVF just jump into IVF. And I would be shocked because these same women who were saying just use IVF were the same women whose bodies were being forced into super ovulation, which puts a tremendous amount of pressure on a woman's body. In fact, it can push a woman into going into menopause many years earlier than she should. And I see young women who should not be exposed to using IVF ever, but yet alone so early in their journey, who are being put in really dangerous circumstances, not to mention that abortion is usually part of the in vitro fertilization process with quote-unquote selective reduction when multiple children are conceived via Petri dish. You see, there's another perspective, and it's called NAPRO technology. It's an incredible medical science. And there are doctors all across the country who are helping people to conceive children while respecting their body and their soul and working to treat underlying health conditions that are are impacting fertility and miscarriage. 
And so NAPRO Technology and working with great fertility care practitioners, which is a part of natural family planning, has been a total gift. You see, so many people think of natural family planning as, you know, the way to space out children for Catholics or quote-unquote Catholic contraception. I have a problem with that, and you've probably heard a little bit of my thoughts here on Trending, and we can talk about that more. If you have a question, feel free to send it over, and we'll be glad to take it up on the show. But what people don't talk enough about, especially in the day and age where fertility has become so challenging for your average person, I was just listening to Cale Clark earlier on his show right before me, and he too shared the story of he and his wife struggling to have children. I could tell you stories of countless women in my immediate peer circle who struggled to conceive, who have been judged by others for not conceiving, who have had many moments of tears and heartbreak and difficulty in their marriage because of a fertility crisis. And so I hope that when we talk about natural family planning, we talk about NAPRO technology that's behind it proven medical science that can make a big difference. And we're posting links on social media as well if you would be interested in learning more. Now, another dimension of my story that I have to tell you is a total grace from God. Many friends and family members who knew, kind of been with me over the years, uh, have been praying for a very long time that in God's timing, we would be able to have a baby. But also, The priest who married us uh, ended up coming over one day this year, and he wasn't prying, but we ended up bringing up a little bit of what was going on. He goes, I was wondering why you hadn't had children. I was trying not to bother you. I didn't know what was up. And can I just say thank you? For once, one person, you know, didn't just judge, didn't just assume, um, didn't put pressure, but knew something had to have been going on. When he heard a little bit of my story with autoimmune diseases, he ran to his car He said, I'll be right back. And next thing you know, I was there before a priest acting in persona Christi, giving me the anointing of the sick like we read about so many of the miracles that Christ performs, not just on people who are at the brink of death or have died and risen from the dead, but people whose eyesight he heals, whose inability to walk he heals, the paralytic, the blind, the leper. And I too was so blessed to receive the anointing of the sick. And let me tell you this, within three weeks, we ended up conceiving our baby. And so this is a true miracle baby and a gift from God. And it reminds me of the story of Hannah when she conceived her child Samuel after being barren for years. We read about her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And it's a good reminder for us to continue to have that hope in that faith, even in the midst of the challenging circumstances such as these. I'll share more of my story as the weeks go on, especially next week. I'm going to share with you a little bit about the first trimester, (laughs) risk of high risk of miscarriage, facing a tubal pregnancy, possibly a hemorrhage, possibility of having twins, uh, plummeting progesterone levels that help keep your baby healthy and safe in the womb. There's so much to share. I really look forward to sharing more of that with you. We'll unpack that next week. But here's one thing I have to say. Our fertility has become such a debate in the public sphere with abortion, contraception, reproductive rights, in vitro fertilization, increased infertility, and conversations about surrogacy and IVF. At the same time, this relates directly to motherhood. 
which is at the heart of who we are as women. We're going to unpack that here with a dear Saint, Saint Edith Stein. You see, I think part of the reason we hear this so often is we hear cases of, you know, working moms and mom guilt. We hear career guilt. We talk about the fretting of mothers who for years even worry about their own adult children. Motherhood is part of who we are as women, even if we don't have children. I even think of the worry that I give, have given my own mom over the years and just her concern about my own health journey as things have been challenging at times. You see, motherhood is such a beautiful part of what St. John Paul II talks about, the feminine genius, our unique contribution that we have to give to the world, not just as biological mothers, but who we are as women created to be mothers. It's written into our very DNA. It's written into our bodies and our ability not just to conceive, but to carry and even feed a a child with our own body. And so as St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as St. Edith Stein's feast day, comes up this weekend, Sunday, August 9th, I think of a quote from her that I think touches at the heart of why there's so much concern over fertility, motherhood, motherhood guilt, fretting. And that is this quote that just pierces to the heart of who women are. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross says, A woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold. Let me say that again. A woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold. You see, the physical ability for us to carry and nourish a child isn't just a part of who we are materially. It's a part of who we are spiritually as well. Our ability to foster souls and to help other human beings grow and develop in their faith is a fundamental aspect of who we are. You see, mother is so deeply wrapped up in our identity as women. We don't talk enough about how we as women are always called to motherhood, spiritual motherhood, and biological motherhood. And I think that this really helps when some people say, well, I don't know if I want to have children. You know, the idea of being a mother is scary. Well, we need to talk about our identity as women as mothers, starting before we ever even have or if we have biological children. And we need to talk about that element of motherhood from a spiritual dimension that all are called to, whether they have children or not. I see this lived out so profoundly in my parents' own life of living this spiritual motherhood and fatherhood. I've seen them over the years, what I would call, bring in and care for the lost boys. I always, you know, say, you know, whether it was cousins, family members who would be in and out of our house, neighbors, boys in the community, uh, there was this guidance and love and help that I so often saw them give to these boys. They were living their motherhood and fatherhood spiritually. St. Edith Stein talks about how women naturally seek to embrace that which is living, personal, and whole. You see, we as women, if I were to summarize so much of what St. Edith Stein has to say, it would be that St. Edith Stein really sees the personal dimension of the person. 
she sees a person and she see that, sees that that person is personal. That this person is someone to be sought after, to be drawn in, that is complex and made for transcendence. St. Edestein also says to cherish, guard, protect, nourish, and advance growth is her natural maternal yearning. You see, our desire to keep those close to us, to guard them, to protect them, to nourish them and advance them in society is a fundamental part of who we are as women in our spiritual motherhood and biological motherhood. You see, this is part of the reason why chastity is so important for us as women, to uphold sexual integrity in our bodies and in the culture, because we have something so precious to protect, and we don't want to allow it to be cheapened in this day and age. You can listen to more of Trending with Timory via the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com trending.